0: You are listening to Local Programming on WYAW, where you are welcome, 93.5 FM, Pooler, Savannah. Hello there, this is Fern from WYAW, where you are welcome, 93.5 FM, Pooler, Savannah. And I want to thank you for joining us for today's special program for a day of prayer and fasting. We will begin with a devotional thought about one of the Bible's fiercest prayer warriors. Hannah herself. Prayers that change the world. mentioned only 11 times in scripture. Her story is confined to a chapter and a half before she fades back into her ordinary life. Yet her one recorded prayer changed a nation.
1: When peace like a river attendeth my way. When
0: An unlikely candidate for a world changing prayer warrior, in part because she was a woman in a time when women lived quietly in the background, going about their daily lives and tending to the needs of their families, birthing babies, caring for homes, cooking meals, gathering around the well to talk and fill water jugs at the start of each day. But those mornings at the well revealed another reason why most people wouldn't have chosen her to pray the prayer that changed a nation. People saw her as a sinner. They treated her like an outcast, not because of anything she had done, but because of something she hadn't done, couldn't do. First Samuel 1-2 shares simply, Hannah had no children. In a world where a woman's value was measured by the number of sons she gave her husband, Hannah was barren. Her infertility was seen as a punishment from God. As she trudged past the stalls at the market, drew the day's water at the well, and headed to synagogue on Sabbath, Hannah saw the way people looked at her. She heard the whispering. She noticed the turning away. Her heart ached when former friends no longer looked her in the eye or spoke to her. The loneliness enveloped her like a blanket. And what if it was true? What if God was punishing her? What had she done? She had tried so hard to live right. She had prayed, but God was silent. She wondered if he too had turned away from her and didn't want anything to do with her. Guilt and shame filled her heart. But nothing was as painful as that first night, the night her husband brought home a new young wife, Penina. Overwhelming grief and tears flooded Hannah's heart as she lay alone for the first time, knowing her husband lay in what had been their shared bed with another woman. As Panina's body grew large with the much longed for child, Hannah experienced a new level of shame. Why not her? What had she done to deserve this barrenness? Why didn't God give her a baby to call her own? But he remained silent. Her friends remained distant, and her husband created a family with his second wife. Panina's family grew as more sons and daughters were born, but something else grew in Panina's heart her own heartache. While God had blessed her with children, she was missing the one thing she wanted most, her husband's love. The author of 1 Samuel shares the sad battle of these two women simply. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. 1 Samuel 1, 4, and 5. Hannah longed for a child. Panina had sons and daughters. Panina longed for her husband's love, but he loved Hannah. A rivalry grew between the two women who shared a house and husband, and Hannah's rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. The Bible reveals that Panina purposefully hurt Hannah in the deepest wound of her heart, her barrenness. Sadly, the most dreaded moments between the two women were experienced during their trips to the temple in Shiloh to worship God. So it was, year by year, when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord that Penina provoked her. A time for worship and celebration became the most miserable time of the year, year after year after year. Instead of worshiping, Hannah wept. Tucked in the middle of this story, we find what may seem to be an out-of-place piece of information— also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Why mention them in the middle of a story about two hurting women battling for their heart's desires? This little tidbit offers a glimpse into a bigger story. Hophni and Phinehas were priests at the temple. Their task was to lead the Israelites to worship, know, and connect with God. They had just one problem. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord, 1 Samuel 2.12. The priests didn't know God, nor did they care to know him or serve him. They would not obey God's commands about sacrifice and forced people to disobey. They slept with women who came to the temple. Their father Eli knew this. He protested, saying, you make the Lord's people transgress. But they refused to listen, and Eli avoided doing anything about it. Their sin impacted the nation and the church. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation, First Samuel 3.1. God wasn't speaking to his people corporately. People weren't studying and growing. The lamp of God representing the Holy Spirit was growing dim in the tabernacle, a reminder that the Holy Spirit was slowly pulling away from a people who no longer listened. Hannah was hurting. The church was dying. But God, he was watching. Her heart so broken that she could no longer eat, Hannah finally took her sorrow to God. Leaving her family behind, she headed to church. With pain so great she could only weep and pray in her heart, she poured out her heart honestly and completely to God. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Verse 10. She promised God that if he heard her prayer and sent her a son, she would give the boy completely back to him, surrendering her hopes and dreams to God. Eli passed through the tabernacle as Hannah prayed. It had been so long since he'd seen anyone truly worshiping with all their heart that he assumed Hannah must be drunk. Most others were. He reprimanded her, but that didn't deter her from her mission. "'No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit,' I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. She was broken-hearted and dejected, but she gave it all to God, honestly, completely, and expecting him to answer. Go in peace, Eli told her, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Hannah believed Eli's words. She got up, went home, and trusted that God would show up. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Verse 18. She believed. No more reason to grieve. God would answer. We don't know how long it took. The Bible simply says in the process of time. Hannah conceived and a son was born. His very name revealed that this child was a gift from the one who listens to prayers. Samuel, or heard by God after all the years of waiting and hoping and longing a son many of us would have held on to that child and not let him out of our sight but hannah had promised god and committed her son to serve god all his life so when he was weaned she took him to shiloh and left him with eli she surrendered the very thing she wanted more than anything else and believed that god would use her son for his service and glory and he did he called out to the young boy and began a friendship that changed the Israelite nation. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. 1 Samuel three nineteen through 21 God again spoke to his people. Again, he revealed himself. Again, he guided and directed. And it was all the result of an unlikely world-changing prayer warrior.
1: Heavenly Father, I am grateful for your eternal prayer. I am learning to be patient And that you are really there Sometimes I am afraid And I know that's lacking faith But I'm beginning to understand That for me you have a plan Heavenly Father, I am grateful For You sending Your Son to die So that I live and for never. have my way, but I'm beginning to understand that for me you have a plan. Heavenly Father, I am grateful for you hearing my prayer.
0: Hannah's story teaches about praying and changing our world. Number one, fast and pray. Some things we care about so deeply that we are driven to fast and pray. For Hannah, it was the pain of not having a child. What in our lives creates such an ache that we are moved to fast and pray? Our children, family and friends who don't know God, sin or addiction that we long to be rid of, Challenges that discourage and distract us from the life to which God calls us? Corporately, as a church family, what drives us to fast and pray together? Our families, missing members, neighbors who are living without Christ and the peace and joy he brings? Are we driven to fast and pray for the salvation and spiritual growth of God's children? Do challenges within the church need to be prayed about and addressed? Number two, get real. We pray together as a church every week. We pray for people's needs, health, jobs, finances. We pray for our church service and speakers. These things matter, but are they the deep longings of our hearts? Hannah prayed beyond the typical prayer requests by admitting her hurt and bitterness, her hopes and dreams. Hannah's prayer reveals our need to go deeper and pray about what's really in our hearts. Do we need to pray about hurts and divisions within the church? Do we need to pray for forgiveness, healing, courage? What are the goals, visions, and dreams of our church? Are we really praying for these? Do we have individual heartaches that the church could pray about together? Who's missing on Sabbath mornings? How can we pray for them? Number three, commit it all to God. Hannah asked for the deep desire of her heart, but also promised to give it all back to him, trusting him to fulfill his plan. She could have asked God for a child and then clung tightly to him, but she prayerfully committed to allowing God to take her dream and use it the way he saw best. We can take our hopes for people, our church, our ministries, and commit them to God, asking him to do as he desires. Number four, expect God to answer. When Eli spoke, Hannah listened because she believed God would respond. Do we pray expecting God to really hear and answer? Or are we just hoping that he hears and answers? We need to confess our doubt and ask God to deepen our trust. Claim his promises. Thank him in advance for what he is doing, even when you don't see anything happening. Number five, stop crying. Maybe we aren't actually crying like Hannah, but too often we walk away from our prayer time still worrying and trying to figure out the people, needs, and circumstances we've just given to God. Do we keep worrying or do we live in faith that God is already at work? Hannah walked away and her face was no longer sad. She believed God heard her and would answer, so she let it go and left it with him. Every time we find ourselves agonizing over what we've given to God, we need to give it to him again. Thank him that he's already working on it. Number six, wait and work. Hannah's prayers were answered in the process of time. While she waited patiently, expecting God to answer, she didn't just sit there. She did her part in enabling the answer to happen. How can we be part of the answer? Can we reveal God's love to those for whom we're praying? If we've asked him to help us fight a battle against sin, are we doing our part? Have we chosen in his strength to walk away, say no, or create new behaviors? Have we asked God what he wants us to do while we wait on him? Number seven, Praise and thank. As Hannah took Samuel to the house of the Lord, she praised God. My heart rejoices in the Lord; my horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. First Samuel two one and two. We need to praise and thank God for all He has done, not because He needs our praise, but because of what it does in our hearts and minds. Thanksgiving reminds us of who God is and how he provides for us and gives us courage for the next battle. We too can pray world-changing prayers. Our prayers may not change the entire world, but they will change the world around us or even just the world of one person for eternity. And one person can change the life of another and another and a ripple effect begins We may not even realize the impact of our prayers on this side of eternity, but one day, one day soon, Jesus will take us home. We'll have all eternity to hear how God used the prayers of ordinary people like Hannah, like you, and like me to change the world for Him.
2: Father in heaven Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father in heaven, lead us not into temptation. God, deliver us from the enemy. Yours is the kingdom and the power. each moment all that we need. Forgive us our sin as we forgive the ones who have sinned against us. Ooh, our Father in heaven. And lead us but God, deliver us from the end of me. Yours is the kingdom and the power.
0: It is now time for us to pray. Prepare your heart and mind by turning off all distractions and finding a quiet, comfortable, private place. Let's set the mood with some songs of prayer and worship. First, let's commit this prayer time to God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for being a God who wants to talk to His children. We commit this prayer time to you and invite you to sit with us. We submit all power and authority to you to move on our hearts, to convict, to encourage, to challenge, to affirm. Please, Lord, reveal to us those who need our prayers and give us eyes like yours to see the need and not the person, to see the heart and to love them as you love them. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done and will continue to do through our prayers. Amen. Now we will really pray. This is how we will spend most of our prayer time, praying for the real needs of our hearts, other people, and the church. There will be background music that will allow you to spend some quiet time with God and there may be times of silence so that you can have time that is just you and God and nothing else. At this time, remember some of the questions raised by the story of Hannah's prayer. Do we need to pray about hurts and divisions within the church? Do we need to pray for forgiveness, healing, courage? What are the goals, visions, and dreams of our church? Are we really praying for these? Do we have individual heartaches that the church could pray about together? Who is missing on Sabbath mornings? How can we pray for them? God. Hannah prayed for Samuel and then gave him back to God wholeheartedly. Take time to surrender the people and situations for which you prayed, giving them completely to God. We give up our right to worry or insist that things should work out a certain way, and we give God permission to do as he desires. This is a time to confess the ways we've doubted God or doubted that he is answering. Let's offer prayers, completely giving our requests to God and surrendering all worry, doubt, and fear. Let's expect God to answer. Let's spend some time building belief in God and his promised answers. I invite you to claim promises and thank him for what he's doing, even if you don't see it yet. Thank him that he loves his people, the people that we prayed for, even more than we love them. Praise him that he wants more for these people that we can hope or imagine and claim the Bible promises that God has plans and dreams for all his children and will complete the work that he has begun. part of the answer. We will ask God to reveal how he can be part of the answer. We'll ask him to give us ideas or prompt us to do things or speak words that reveal his love. And then we'll pray, too, that he will keep us from doing or saying anything that would do harm or misrepresent him. This part of the prayer time reminds us that God may have a work for us to do, too. someone else that you want to pray for other people or situations that have come to mind during this prayer time, or maybe you just have a little more that you want to say. At this time, we will have a period of silence. So there's nothing wrong with your radio. We're still on the air. We just wanna give a time of silence that you can go through some of these same prayer steps and just continue to speak to God and maybe speak more of what's on your heart. And now we will offer praise and thanksgiving. We want to close this time of prayer with a time of praise and thanksgiving. Let's focus on God now and praise Him for who He is and thank Him for what He's doing and will do.
2: Jesus, my Savior God When I In awesome wonder Consider All The world Thy hands have made I see the Stars I hear The rolling thunder Thy power Throughout the universe display then sings my.
0: joining us today for a day of prayer and fasting. Starting January 9th, we will continue our prayer journey with 10 days of prayer. We believe your life and the lives of those you pray for will be changed as you join fellow church members in praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit whom the Father has promised to give to those who ask Him. And you are welcome to join us, whether you are a member of our church or a member of our community. This year's theme is a deeper experience, and during these 10 days, we will look at how to have a deeper, richer Christian experience. Whether new believers or longtime church members, we all need to have a fresh daily encounter with Jesus. This series features real-life lessons, Bible promises, and encouraging spirit of prophecy quotes to strengthen our daily walk with Christ. So stay tuned to this station for program announcements and how you can participate in our 10 days of prayer. You've been listening to local programming on WYAW, where you are welcome 93.5 FM Pooler, Savannah. And may God bless you today.